Matthew 25, verse 23, words of Jesus. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. How many would like to hear that? Anybody would like to? I'd like to hear well done, not well. You're done. <laughs> you've been faithful with a few things. You've been faithful in the little. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. I want to talk uh, today from the idea God's plan, God's plan, God's plan. Pray with me. Say this out loud. Say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. that you have a plan. Have a plan. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I want to talk specifically today about God's plan for your finances. And um, we have 52 Sundays in a year. Six of those Sundays a year, I talk about money specifically. And so I'm not uncomfortable. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. Um, I want to help you. Uh, the top three causes of stress for Americans are money, work, where you make your money, and the economy, how your money is doing. So we're all thinking about money. Uh, number four, by the way, is your family, the people spending your money. <laughs> And the government, the people stealing your, I mean, um, uh, hey, ooh, <laughs> hey, Javen, Javen, don't, why? I was, the, I was the flesh, I'm sorry, but I meant it. Okay, so, um, so we, we, we're, we are, we're thinking about it. Um, Jesus shared 39 parables, 13 of them were about money. There are 2,300 verses in the Bible about finances. You'll see words like gold, silver, money, land, prosperity, provision, poverty, um, inheritance. Any, there are 2,300 verses about money words in the Bible. Jesus said that money's important because your heart, the, the, the core of who you are, is connected to money. Think about this. Jesus never said disconnect your heart from money. You can't. So he doesn't say, don't, be, don't have a heart connection to money. He goes, you, you actually can't separate it. Rather, make sure your money is in the right thing because your heart will be there. Your, your, your treasure will, excuse me, your heart will follow your treasure. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. And he says, that is unavoidable. So we must have our money connected to the right things. I think God talks about money for three main reasons. One, because he wants you to know that he's not ignorant about your life, that he actually has a plan for your life, that God doesn't go, hey, I'll see you in heaven, good luck. Yeah, that, that God is actually concerned. He's concerned because you're concerned and he has a plan to prosper you, to bless you, to help you. Don't get caught up in a word like prosperity, just just think about this. God wants to help your life. Amen. I got one amen. Thank you, whoever that was. It was nervous, but I'll take it. I think he talks about money to warn us not to fall in love with it. Don't fall in love with it. Money's a terrible lover. Great tool, terrible lover. Great tool, terrible God. Amen. Uh, I think he talks about it to encourage us also to connect it to kingdom purpose. That, that our money can go beyond us and can go beyond just the temporal, it can go beyond bling and shiny things and it can actually make an impact. 
So the Apostle Paul warns us that the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed away from the faith in their greediness. Watch that. Paul says that there is a, the opposite here of faith is greed. And they pierce themselves with many sorrows. So he says that if you fall in love with money, it's going to lead to sorrow. We love God and we love people and we use things, not the other way around. <laughs> I, I love people and I love God and I use things, whether that be my home or a vehicle or money or gifts, talents and ability, whatever it is, I use those things to serve and love God and people, but I never fall in love with things. So now there's a tension. Here's the tension. God says, don't fall in love with money. And at the same time, he says that money is a blessing, that, that he will bless us financially. So it's like, whoa, how can I... How can I believe God for blessing and not fall in love with it? Well, you're going to have to actually live with that tension because that tension isn't going away. The blessing of the Lord brings true riches. And he adds no sorrow to it for it comes as a blessing from God. So let's talk about true riches really quick. True riches isn't shiny stuff that is depreciating. <laughs> you know, the shiny stuff that we buy to impress people we don't like. <laughs> when we talk about true riches, we're talking, number one, about financial freedom. If you're a parent, you should want financial freedom because I want you to choose where your kids are educated. We okay? Is, there, is this weird or something? No? Okay. Um, if you want to send them to public school, cool. If you want to send them to private school, cool. If you want to send them to Christian school, cool. But... I'd like you to choose that, and it, and it will take money. Have you noticed the prices? You will, uh, uh, financial freedom. I, I'd like you to drive a safe car. There's nothing wrong. That's not greedy. Live in a safe neighborhood. That's not greedy. Um, create generational wealth so that we are giving something to our children. Joyful generosity. That we could be blessed in such a way that we could, when we hear a need or we see vision that we're excited about, we can go, hey, I'll be a part of that. You know, when we, when we talked about moving from uh, West Warm Springs to Sierra Vista, no one was excited about that. No one was excited because they're going, why would you go portable? Why would, we, why would we leave a permanent location for something portable? Well, I knew that we needed to do it, but people couldn't cap couldn't wrap their head around it. Well, there was a man in our church that could because he had been a part of a portable church and he loved it. He loved being on the setup and teardown team. He loved the excitement. He loved it. So when he found out that Sierra Vista was going to cost us $100,000 to buy all the equipment we needed to move here, he paid for it. He just wrote a check. Okay. That's the blessing of the Lord. And, and, there's, and here's the deal. There's a thousand people, I guarantee, in our church that go, I would have loved to have done that. So you should have a, a vision for your finances that goes, man, I'd like, to, I'd like to be a part of something like that. I'd like to help. I'd like to be a part of vision. So there's really two keys to God blessing your life. And it's not just Generosity. You know, a lot of people will sit in church and go, well, I tried tithing. I tried that. It didn't work. Well, number one, you never try things with God. You don't try obedience. You submit your life 
to the Bible. Yeah, I tried not lying. No, you don't try not, you don't. You tried not being a dirt bag, didn't work. No, you, you, we don't try, you don't try to be generous. It, it's the command of God. But, but many people will tithe, but they're not practicing the other side of it. God's blessing takes two sides. It takes two wings. You're, you're not going to get in a plane with one wing and go anywhere. You're going to spin in circles. It's going to take two wings. So the two wings are faith and wisdom. Generosity and wise stewardship. You need both. So you don't, you don't pay God his tithe. You don't give God 10% and go, okay, God, here's my list of things that I want. Pay for it. And until you do, I'm going to put it on credit. Nope, that's not how it works. <laughs> God said he's going to bless me. No, he, he doesn't bless greed. He doesn't bless irresponsibility. So, there, so it's, it's, it's both. It's, it's generosity and wise stewardship. And when you live in this, God loves it. Let me, I'm going to give you two Bible words that God loves. God loves the word wisdom and he loves the word faith. And he loves when his people are wise and faith-filled. Faith is believing, God, you can do what you said you can do. You can do it. You're not a liar. You, you say you can do it. You can do it. I believe you. But wisdom says, I have a part to play. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God's into faith. But then Proverbs 4 says that wisdom is the most important thing about your life. Wisdom's the most, like wisdom's more important than love? Yeah. Because if you love without wisdom, it will quickly turn into lust. If you love without wisdom, you'll go broke quick. If you love without wisdom, you'll be taken advantage of constantly. If you, if you love without wisdom, you'll be manipulated by everyone. So God says it takes faith and wisdom to operate in everything else in the kingdom. Okay. So I want to get into God's plan for my money. The first thing that it will require is working hard. <laughs> It just like went weird in here. Yeah, work hard, work hard. Work is a gift. Work is a gift. The first gift God ever gave to man was work. Before God gave Adam a wife, he gave him a job. That's why you, that's why you never date someone who's unemployed. I, time out. I didn't say they're bad for that, and I didn't say they're, they're not in between jobs. That's okay. I love you, I'm, but, I, but we're not dating. Because <laughs> you got too much time and energy on your hands. <laughs> Male or female. So homies, you don't date a woman that isn't employed. Ladies, you don't date a guy that isn't employed. But I'm looking for a Boaz that's going to take care of me. <laughs> hey, hey, Ruth, when Boaz found you, you were working the field. <laughs> that was for all my Christians that like try to. <laughs> Women talking about believing for a Boaz. I'm like, I don't know if you're really a Ruth, but I guess. Like, maybe a baby Ruth. I don't know. But um, so. 
Be, because I, I want to see what you're like when you work. Oh, I quit. I didn't like my boss. Well, when are you going to quit on me when you don't like me? When are you going to quit on our kids when you don't like them? When you, I, I need to see you work. I need to see you on a job you don't like. I need to see you under stress. I need to see you on a schedule. I need to see Why have you had 10 employers in the last two years? Why? And 10 girlfriends. And 10. Why? What? <laughs> okay. Let me get, okay. I'm getting a little too salty. Work is a blessing. God, God creates Adam and he goes, before I give you anything else, I'm going to give you responsibility. Work the garden. Tend the garden. Take care of the garden. Protect the garden. See, work was not something that God gave Adam after he sinned. God didn't go, okay, you've sinned, now I'm going to make you work. No. If Adam would have been working, he wouldn't have been sinning. Because Eve would have said, babe, come meet my little snake friend, Louis. <laughs> Luis. <laughs> and, and, and. Adam would have said, yeah, let me, meet, let me meet him. And he would have grabbed his shovel. That's how, I'm from New Mexico. That's how we do it in New Mexico. You go grab a shovel. And he would have taken that head off. If he would have been working, he wouldn't have been tempted and he would have been sinning. Some of you, you just keep getting into trouble because you got too much time on your hands. You, just, just too much freedom. Work is a blessing. And I know we're in a, a country right now that is fighting against that and rich people are evil and everyone's taking advantage of me and I want somebody to pay for my college. And I want, let me just tell you something. You, believe whatever you want, but the, but the Bible is a pro-work book. And, and I know you want free tuition, but it's not free. Do you know who pays for it? People. The middle class. Elon Musk is not paying for college. Jeff Bezos is not paying for your college. All the evil billionaires that you hate, they're not paying for your schooling. Essay right here is paying for it. I got to pay for it. You got to understand that. You got to tax the rich. They're, it's not happening. You're taxing me. <laughs> so you got to get out of that mind. You, you got to get out of that. Uh, I'm not... I'm, I'm being a little rowdy today, but you got to get out of that socialistic, like someone else is going to pay for it. And, you, and you, you can't, let me, let me get back to the Bible. I'm losing you. You can't call what God calls a blessing a curse. You can't complain about what God calls a gift. So, I, so okay, so we got to establish that. Secondly, you got to establish that um, I want you to work your dream job. I want you to work your dream. I want, I want that for you. But the dream should never be money without work. <laughs> the dream should never be someone's going to take care of me. That should not be the dream. That the, the dream should not be someone, someone else is going to pay for it or I'm going to marry somebody rich or... I'm going to find a rich uncle that I didn't know I had. Or, no, no, no. The, the dream should be I'm going to work hard and God's going to bless me, but God's going to bless the work of my hands. That should be, 
Now, and I, again, so I want you to work a job you love. I want that to eventually happen, but I don't want the dream to be, I'm just rich. Do you see the difference there? Because work is creating a healthy self-worth. Work is building character. Work is solidifying my values. Work is stretching my faith. Work is getting me out of my comfort zone. Work is a gift and I ought to work hard. Look what, look what Colossians 3.23 says. It says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord. What if that became your attitude? This is for God. I know I'm a barista, but I'm working for Jesus. I know I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm working for Jesus. I know I'm a real estate agent, but I'm working for Jesus. I know I'm driving Uber, but I'm working for Jesus. I know I'm a multi-million dollar business owner, but I'm working for Jesus. I know I'm a pastor, but I'm working for Jesus. I, my attitude is I'm doing this to honor God. Not a boss that I like or don't like, but it's for God. Does that make sense? Never pray for favor while you're doing the minimum. (laughs) Well, y'all come back next week. I promise I'll be better. I promise. Please come back. I I love you so much. I'm your friend. I'm, I'm believing for this promotion, but you're always late, but you're... And you know, your boss sees it. When, it. when you're supposed to clock out at five and by four o'clock, everything's already wrapped up and you're just kind of. They see it. They may never say it, but they see it. You can't be promoted that way. You'll never get promotion in favor. And if you'll work hard, you actually don't need to pray for favor. Because you're hustling, you're grinding. And God sees that and people see that. I'll just say one thing about that. In in Luke 2, the scripture said Jesus grew in favor with God and man. So you can have favor with God and man, not just by praying for it, but by doing favorable things that not only do people like, but that God appreciates. Okay, work, work hard. Work is a gift. Work is a blessing too. What do I do with the money that I get? I steward it well. Steward well. This word steward means to manage or look after another's property. So why why do I say steward well? Because as a believer, now if you're not a Christian, it's okay. But if you're a believer in Jesus, and I assume that most of the room is, we believe that what we have is a gift from God. Our talent is a gift from God. Our abilities, our time, our our, our, our treasure, our, our money, our, everything that God, that we have in our life, is, it's, a, it's a blessing given to us by God. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. That this is God's and he's letting me steward it. Just like God let Adam steward the garden, God is letting me steward my life. First Chronicles 29, David is giving an offering to God and said, God, the only reason I'm giving this to you is because you first gave it to me. That I live with, a, with an attitude of humility that says, man, I believe this is a blessing from God and a gift from God. So I steward well the finances I have because I believe that they're a gift from the Lord. So I don't just um, give my tithe and pay the mob boss off and kiss the ring and make sure we're cool and then I do whatever I want with 90%. No. When I tithe... What I'm saying is, God, 100% of this is from you. And I'm actually surrendering all of it now unto the Lord. So look what Matthew 25 verse 14 says. 
that the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey. And this is where Jesus is. He's on a journey. He's in heaven right now. He's preparing heaven for us. He called his servants, that's us, and entrusted his wealth to them. That's what he's done. He's entrusted opportunity, time, talent, all this stuff. He's, he's entrusted it to us. To one he gave five bags of gold, another two bags, another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So God gives us opportunity. God gives us talents. God gives us giftings. God gives us these things. And then he, and then he blesses us. And then we are to do something with it. And when Jesus said, well done, this is not a heaven scripture. Now, I know we, we always say that, and I just said it, like, man, one day I want to get to heaven, and God's going to say, well done. I do want to hear that. But what he's saying is, I want to say well done to how you live your life. Like, I want to hear well done after a day at work. I want to hear well done after my pay period. I want to hear well done on how I treat my family. I want to hear well done on how I steward my time. That, that my whole life, I can steward it well. And God goes, if you're faithful with those little things, I'm going to make you ruler over much. If I can trust you with a little bit, I, I know I can trust you with a lot. And that's totally opposite of how we think. Well, if I just had more. Right? Maybe not us, but the first service, right? At the 10 o'clock, that's how they think. Well, if I had more money, I could do that. Well, if I had more of that, I could do that. Well, if I had more money, I could be generous. Well, if I had more, no, 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 no. Jesus said, you gotta be faithful with a little bit. So how do I steward well? Well, one, I, I get out of unnecessary debt. Credit cards are charging you 22% interest. Get out of credit card debt. Pay them off. I have credit cards. I'm not anti-credit card, but I'm very careful with them. And the most amazing thing for me about credit cards is that I will have a huge bill maybe at the end of the month that I've got to pay off. And I'll get, a, I'll get an email from American Express. Hey, uh, your payment's due $4. You know, something ridiculous. I'm like, why do you only want four bucks from me when I owe thousands? Oh, because you want for me to keep this. Does that make sense? Master card. <laughs> American Express, I get it right here, right now. I can't afford it, but I want it right here, right now. No. You got to get out of credit card debt. You got you to get out of credit card debt. Now, I understand good debt. I understand. We, we own it. We have a mortgage on our, on our house. That's okay. Uh, you got to have a car, probably. Most of you need a car. But the average car payment today in America is $717 a month. I love how everyone's acting surprised. <laughs> wow, can you believe that? That is crazy. $17. You, you, you throw that in an IRA for the next 30 years, and you're going to have about $1.4, $1.6 million. You can be a millionaire. You could retire a millionaire. But you got to have a fast car. You got to have a loud car. You got to have a car that looks nice at the red light for people that you'll never see to, to pull up to, to your front of your neighbors that you don't like. You don't need that. Now you need a car, but and if you can afford seven hundred bucks, if you afford seven thousand a month, I don't care. I don't care what you can. If you can afford it, you can afford it. But 
but be careful that you are not getting into unnecessary debt. Here's another one. We have to live below our means. <laughs> we have to spend less than we make. And that might be very painful because it might mean not eating out. It might mean no more shopping. It might mean, I don't know. It might mean Vons instead of Whole Foods. It might mean the dollar store instead of Target. It might, I don't know. It might mean Target instead of Neiman's. It might, I don't know what level you're at, but, get, but live below your means. Learn the joy of delayed gratification. Who's, who's old and remembers layaway? Anybody, anybody want to admit that? Okay, for all you who didn't raise your hand, you would go put items on layaway for months and you would pay them off. And when they were paid for, you were allowed to take them. And we don't do that anymore. You don't even see layaway. I don't even know if it exists anymore because who would use it anymore? Because now you have credit cards. One of the clinical definitions of depression is hopelessness. If I can just go buy something that I can't afford, I've stolen hope and expectation from my heart. So I can't afford these shoes, but I'm going to get them. There's no joy in that. What if instead you go, I'm going to save up 300 bucks. And by the time you do, life hack, you won't want the shoes. <laughs> Judging. I want that $3,000 bag. And by the time you actually can afford it, you don't want the bag anymore because now you like having this money. But when you just go charge it, there's no reward in the bag. And now you're going to pay 22% on the three grand. So now a $3,000 bag is going to cost 5,000, but it's only going to be worth 1,000. While we pray, God open the windows of heaven and bless me. And God goes, I, I want to, but... Buy the bag from Target. And they said, where's that bag from? You say, Target, it's a new French boutique. My daughter already calls it Target. She's six. She's like, Dad, let's go to Target. I'm like, better than Louis Vuitton, okay? Amen. Like, delayed gratification. Now, when you can afford the bag, go buy the bag. I want you to own the bag. I don't care about the bag. Buy, you the, buy the shoes, buy the car, buy the stuff. When you can afford it but you gotta be faithful in the little. But well, we don't wanna be faithful in the little because we wanna look like we have much. Okay. 10, 1080. Get that in your heart, 10, 1080. Get paid 10 bucks. God, you're getting 10. Jabin, you're getting 10. I'm gonna live off 80. I'm gonna invest off 80. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a car off 80. I'm going to have my house off 80. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to de decide Wi-Fi speed off 80. I'm going to choose up. So I, so, and this was, this is very easy now. And now it's, this, it's not even comparable now because of how much we give and save and invest. But this was very hard on 36,000 a year. I mean, we, it, it, it feels like yesterday that we were, we were the couple going into 
the grocery store with coins, dumping in the coins and getting. Like this, like, this has been a long burn for us. It's been a long build for us. And we learned 10, 10, 80. And now I live off 80. And then because God says, if you're faithful in the little, what happens is 80 becomes a lot more. <laughs> so you got to get a vision for your finances. Get a vision for your, fi- I'm almost done. Get a vi- I know it's painful. It's like a dentist appointment, huh? You're like, oh, I was just getting a routine cleaning. You know, you're getting a root canal. Vision for your finances. Listen to me really quick. Spend wisely, save diligently, invest slowly. Don't go grab five grand out of an emergency account and hope Dogecoin hits. Don't be dumb. (laughs) Think 30 years. Think think long-term investments. Think, Think appreciating assets. Give generously. You gotta, you gotta think wisdom. You gotta think financial freedom, retirement, generational wealth, setting up your kids, appreciating assets. You gotta get a vision. Most of you, if you, if you even think about vision and think about future, a lot of what's on your vision board is just bling and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like you want this car and you want this bag and you want this vacation. You want, and and I'm, I'm like, cool, leave it but make sure that a part of your vision is actually gonna help you live and pass something on. You gotta get a vision for your finances. You, you have to set the vision, you have to set the budget, you have to set the values. Because if you don't, you're just gonna keep spending and you'll never have anything to show for it. And then what happens is, because some of you are, are, are sitting there going right now like, well, what's the point of having all this in your savings account? So that when money opportunities arise, you have something to put in. Like all these smart people that make money in recessions, right? Everything dips, poor people get scared, rich people dump cash, but they weren't rich at first. Does that, does that make sense? I just, want you to, I just want to help you think this way. Like I'm not just sitting on cash because I'm scared. I'm waiting for God opportunities and then very wisely and slowly I invest. I love you so much. Please, <laughs> please be my friend, okay? Am I helping you? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Thanks. I see you. Kept it going for me. He was going to quit. He's like, no, guys, we're, we're going. Okay. So I'm going so to work hard. It's a gift from God. I'm going to steward well. And then I'm going to have the opportunities to give up. I want to talk about generosity. Generosity invites God's provision. It delivers me from greed. And it connects money to something eternal. Malachi chapter three, God goes, I'm the Lord all powerful and I challenge you, put me to the test, bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so that there would be food in my house. God says, take care of the house of God with your tithe. Then I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I don't know what that exactly looks like, but I know I'd like that. Can I get a witness? 
I'll let God define it. I'm just, I'm cool with that. Open heaven over my life, bet. Flood you with blessing. I like that. After blessing, I like that too. I'm not saying that's a certain brand of car. I'm not saying that's a certain brand of watch. I'm not saying that's a certain zip code or, or community. I, that, that's between what God is, entrusts you with. And, but I am saying that there is blessing upon blessing when we live in generosity. But I start talking about tithing and it's scary. I want you to, I want you to see this because it's real. I'm gonna honor God and I'm gonna place him first. And I've got, I've got my table and I've got God's table and, and I'm working hard and I'm stewarding well. And I gotta give God my first pineapple. But I don't want, but I don't want to because I gotta send my kids to school and I gotta plan for the future and I gotta retire and I gotta, and there's wars and rumors of wars and there's all this stuff going on. There's recession and inflation and, but you know what? Woo, scary. But I'm going to honor God. And now I'm going to have to live on. I'm going to have to live on 90. But, but self-help says, well, once I get my finances in order, just let me make a little more money. Let me work this out. Let me figure this out. And then in the future, but then something in you goes, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get God's help. Okay, Lord, you're first. Whew, scary. But here we go. Now, God, I don't know how you expect me to live on this. I'm gonna figure it out. And doubt, and doubt says, that can't work. It can't work. But something in me says, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. This is scary. By the way, especially if you're in the room right now and you're, you're making a little bit more and you've never tithed, this gets really scary because zeros start adding and you just go, whoa, whoa. I could, I could buy a boat. I could, <laughs> I could, <laughs> you know, just gets like, whoa. But, but you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. This doesn't make any sense. And man, but okay, here we go. Okay, God, I'm, I'm going to live off 90. I don't know how I'm going to do it. God, you're crazy, but okay. And then the fear, the fear kicks in. You go, but Jamie, I make so little. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. And I got, I got kids and they need chicken. And I got a husband who's trying to do the, the, the protein diet. He's trying to do the lion diet. and Carnivore, carnivore diet. And I got a daughter who's a vegan. And... Okay, God, but I'm, I'm going to trust you. And, I, and, I, and, and eggs keep going up. Every time I open up Instagram, Instagram's reminding me how expensive eggs are, but I'm going to, y'all seen that? It's like, and, it, and it's scary, but never forget this. When, when God was going to do a miracle for Elijah, he said, I'm going to send you to a widow woman. Why didn't he send him to the richest person in town? Why did God send him to a poor widow woman? <laughs> have you ever thought about this? All Elijah had to do was go, hey, I'm Elijah. I'm the guy that calls down fire. Give me your food. And they would have been like, yes, sir. Because it was never about Elijah and it was never about God's need. 
It was about the multiplication that God was gonna give her and her kids. Even the chickens are saying amen to this preacher. If y'all get quiet, I'm gonna start bringing these to church. When y'all get quiet on me. But it's mine. All the church wants is your money. Uh, Jamie's getting a little, little too big for his britches. The church is growing. Trying to build that building. I know, they, I know all they want is my money. We don't. If you want to keep all the chips, keep all the chips. But God likes to chip everyone, so I'm going to trust him with my chips. Now, God, I don't know how you're going to, I don't know how I'm going to do it on 90. I don't know. Okay, but I'm going to do it. That's a, that's a lot of money, but, and it is a lot. Of, listen to me, it's a lot of money. I get it. But I'm going to trust God with the first 10. And I'm going to give up. And I got to clothe my family. Trying to put my daughters in dance, and I'm trying to put my sons in sports, and and I want and I want that for them, and I want them to go to music lesson. I want, but okay, I'm gonna, but God, I'm gonna build my budget around you, and I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you with this. And when you make the jump and you honor God. <laughs> Look at that pitiful little table. We gonna fight God over that? You gonna leave this church for that? You gonna go find a church that doesn't talk about money over that? going to stay home and watch online over that? Because God don't need your chicken. God don't need your tin. But he wants to prove what he can do when you trust him. And then when I was faithful with this little, when I tithed on $200 a week as a janitor and a worship leader at my first church, and all my friends went to Cheesecake Factory and I stayed at home and I ate turkey sandwiches. And all my friends went to Chipotle and I stayed at home and I ate ramen noodles. And all my friends were shopping at Diesel. That was like the jam back then. Y'all remember Diesel? They were at Diesel. I remember my friend Chris Golden walked in at Diesel and paid $150 for a pair of jeans. I went, oh my God. And then we had a formal uh, dinner that we had for our church that we were on a team with. And Chris called his dad. And I thank God for it. Called his dad and said, Dad, I need some money for a suit. We're having this formal thing at our church. And we went to Caesars Forum Shops. And we walked into Versace. And that 20-year-old friend of mine bought the most beautiful $3,000 suit. Now, this is 03. And I didn't even, I didn't even know how to say Versace, let alone... And then he goes, well, I need shoes. So we went to Ferragamo and he bought $700 shoes. He said, I need a belt. So he bought a $500 belt. And then we went to Gucci and bought a beautiful tie. 
He goes, are you getting anything? I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm good. He said, well, let's go eat. There's a cheesecake factory here. I said, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. And then I went to Target. Target, I went to, not Versace, I went to Target and I, and I bought a suit that I could not afford and I rolled up the sleeves and I rolled up the ankles and I wore that thing to that formal dinner and made sure not to get any food on me. Can I confess the next day? I returned that joker. Because at 20, God was going to get his chips. And now you roll your eyes at me and you go, how dare you ask? Easy for you to say. It wasn't. But can I be honest with you? 20 years later, it's easy for me to say. Because I've... <laughs> it is. Not because I'm... Not because I'm loaded, but because I've just seen over and over again. I've seen this. I've seen overflow. I've seen. And then I say, God, I'd, I'd love to be a part of the building. I'd love to help with a new location. I'm going to stretch a little bit. Let's go. I'll help buy that land. I'm down. God, you can have another pineapple. I know what I want to use this for. I know, I know how I want to spend this, but. And, and, and my wife and I live in the balance of this. And God has blessed us. And I want to, I want to encourage you to work hard, steward well, Point three doesn't have to be a part of City Light. If, if this isn't your home church or if you go, nah, that's not for me. But find you a church where you can give up. Doesn't have to be, the, the crossing's four feet away. Go over there. I'm not, I'm not here to, this isn't a financial scheme. This isn't, I'm telling you, if you'll honor God with faith and wisdom, God will honor you. I want to encourage you to take the jump. Lord, give us the, the courage. And Lord, give us the humility to work hard, steward well, and give up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did y'all get something from the word today? Let's give God the glory.